When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. How can I help? Hi, thanks for telling my family and me about Toyota's national sales event. We got a new RAV4 during the event, and it's been great. Well, that makes me happy. Right now through September 6th, it is the best time to drive off in a new Camry Hybrid, Tacoma, and more. So what are you up to? You know, we took the RAV4 to a great spot, and now we're exploring a cave. Amazing. Yeah, my wife talked me into spelunking. I'm actually a complete and absolute amateur. Absolute amateur. Absolute amateur. Huh, I could have done without the echo on that. Toyota's national sales event is on. Visit your participating Toyota dealer today to enjoy every last second of summer. Toyota, let's go places. See your participating Toyota dealer for details. Dealer inventory may vary. Event ends September 6th. Hello, uh, welcome to episode 115 of Well, We're about four days into the uh, total lockdown at the minute and I'm going slightly nuts but not too bad at keeping myself occupied doing you know I was doing a you know runs and a cycle and then I did a workout my son because my son is we're sharing a house here just me and my 21 year old son and he devised a workout uh, uh, with sit-ups and weights that dumbbells and all that crack and I did that but I kind of slightly pulled something in the lower right of me back and uh, then I went the next day to dig a, the garden the, a plot at the back of my sister's house to sow a few spuds and onions and all that malarkey which you have to do now because it is lockdown it is uh, it is the end of the world you have to self feed yourself grow your own food and probably have to get chicken it's the end yeah, it's the end it's the end so uh, I went over there and uh, uh, aggravated my back thing again so I have to leave it out for today i think do some stretches that kind of stuff but yeah going it's going all right and i'm bonding there yeah bonding i'm not really bonding i'm just having my son getting on well he's actually cooking dinners it's fuck it's great it's two lads sharing a house and um he's uh, working on assignments for his college and all that and i'm i'm doing little sketches and stuff if you've been on my facebook you see these uh, little songs and sketches and i'm editing them on iMovie movie and this kind of crap and putting them all in. they're on instagram as well and they're on at uh tiktok yeah they're on tiktok i don't know what's going on at tiktok i mean um yeah i don't I like everything i see on TikTok, a lot most of it annoys me it's just really there's a lot of tick people i'm sorry if you're on TikTok. look there's loads of brilliant people on TikTok, but 95% are fucking idiots, like, uh, dancing, doing stupid dances. That's all I'm getting. I don't know how I can control this, the, yeah, uh, how I can stream it so I get good stuff, but 
as people doing stupid dances, just being idiots, uh, young people trying to be smart with their parents. Uh, uh, just really thick people uh, just talking, and they're so thick it's, it's funny, I suppose. But thickness is a is a badge of honor these days as well. I mean, you know, a lot of people on these reality shows like Big Brother or Made in Chelsea just genuinely thick, and that's what gets them. That's what that's what makes them as celebrities. Uh, they're thick. I mean, it's it's the age of it's fine to be thick. It's fine. It's fine to be the president of America and be as thick as shit and never read a book and never really f- and pret- and think that you're an expert. It's f- it it's really uh, amazing. It's amazing. I mean, I guess that's why we're all fascinated with uh, Tiger King. I mean, that is funny, but it is it is fucking it is you know idiots. You know, they're with guns. Uh, and they're probably, I imagine, the people who voted for Trump. Um, but um, but apart from that, yeah, I'm doing all right. I mean, it's uh, I, I'm doing an online. I'm, I'm reading a kids book at seven o'clock every evening because I just want to do something. Uh, at seven o'clock, I'm reading it on Facebook Live. I should say, I'm reading it for about fifteen twenty minutes. Um, and uh, and doing this podcast, obviously. So. Nah, it's not so bad, is it? But I'm not making any money, of course. That's the problem. And uh, my rent just went out yesterday, and that's 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 hard, isn't it? When that chunk of money goes out of your account and there's nothing coming in, I'm gonna have to. Well, we'll see what happens in the next month. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, episode is a chat with Owen Colgan, who played. Buzz McDonald in in, in uh, the Hardy books, you'll all know. Uh, you will know him if you haven't seen the Hardy books, which I'm sure everybody in Ireland has seen it. But it's on Netflix. Uh, if you're not from Ireland, I don't know if it's on Netflix outside of Ireland, but uh, you find it on YouTube. I'm sure uh, the Hardy books. It's uh, an Irish, a bit like Trailer Park Boys, an Irish version of that. Uh, funnier, I would say. Um, very good, and uh, so you we'll chat about it so there's no me no point in me telling you about it because we're going to chat about that so uh yeah and he's just moved up over to to bell mullet right on the west coast of ireland so we talked over the phone and it's just a few it was a bit into the lockdown but not the major lockdown so uh i have to clarify all these things because uh with the coronavirus you kind of uh as weeks go by you go a week ago you would not be taking it seriously then a week later you're taking it quite seriously then a week later you're going oh jesus this is very serious things change by the day so um it that kind of is is relevant if you're listening to the conversation at how how long ago we were talking about the coronavirus but anyway there you go uh that's it uh enjoy this see ya from Mayo you grew up in Mayo did you I did I yeah. grew up in a place called Bohola a small little village outside Swinford oh. and uh, that's where it's been that's, that's my father's parish 
That's where it's been to all my years growing up. And uh, in in uh, Swin- in the town, or are you? I've... No, I'm I'm from the sticks. I'm from the countryside oh, right, of, right. of Swinford. So I'm about five kilometers outside the town of Castletown, where we filmed the Hardy books. Oh. And uh, I went to a small school up the road from my house, and then I went into the big school, as they'd say, and that was Swinford Secondary School, and that's where I met most of the Hardy books. Right, yeah, and uh, and uh, how did that come? Did you like start? writing and shooting stuff just before the Hardy books, that different stuff like, you know. No, not really, no. For Personally, for myself, I, I didn't do any any sort of acting or filming or, or, or stand-up mm. or anything like that, but I was hanging out with the red hair guy from Hardy books, Martin Maloney, Eddie Durkin, his name is in the yeah. show. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was also hanging out with the boo at the time, and then we were kind of going on the piss a lot in Galway, and we were just like, just trying to have a laugh more than anything. We weren't worried about money or jobs or careers. We were just trying to have a laugh. And then... Then the Viper, he, he had a friend that was going to um, Ballyfermot at Media College, and he said, oh, there's a competition on, on uh, RTE, Storyland is called. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, so that is the first uh, Hardy Books you, you did. That for... was the first. Well, there, there, was an, there was an original pilot that had Eddie Durkin walking around Charlestown, and that was filmed by the Viper. And then the next one was myself and Eddie Durkin sitting on a bridge talking about watching Blueies and drinking cans of Tuborg. Right. And that's where it all kicked off, I suppose. And then that's that's when we entered the storyline and went from there. Right, yeah. Uh, uh, and then went to the series. From storyline to the RTE yeah, series. Yeah, we, we, there was like a sort of, uh, you got, with storyline you get down, it was, I think, 250 applicants. And then yeah. we, got down to the, we got down to the final 20 and then it went down to the final 10. Yeah, and, and then there was, and then there was like a, a voting thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah voting. And we were also getting paid. We like We were getting paid 500 quid each at the time to just like, make another episode so that was a great incentive to fucking keep pushing it you know yeah 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 uh, and then at the end of that we luckily won the competition and then that's when Ortiz said oh would you like to make a series so then we went from an improvised show to a bit of a scripted show which was a bit tricky right yeah also at the beginning it's improvised completely 100% improvised we just made it up on the spot now the problem with that is that there was a lot of shit talk in between like there could have been three or four hours of us talking crap yeah that was edited edited down to ten minutes to make us look funny but there was a lot of there was a lot of crap in there too, you know? Ah, oh, right, yeah. So you, you just so, had to, like, literally four hours down to ten minutes. Pretty much, that was a lot of it, yeah. You wow. know, and uh, wow. I suppose in the normal TV world, people are on the clock, so you have to rush through your scenes and make sure you get them and then move on. But with the Hardy books, we yeah. were just taking our time and we were letting, letting seeing where the comedy came from. And uh, sometimes yeah. it might take a couple hours to get it out and sometimes we might be on form and the first ten minutes it had come out, but yeah. Generally it took us took us a good while a good long while to get it going. But when we did get going, you know, there's a lot of gold there. Oh yeah, it's fucking hilarious. It's really good. And and uh yeah, what kind of reaction were you getting uh, locally then when that when it started coming out on RTE and, and all that? When it, um it was a bit of a mixed reaction. My parents were like, Oh, I don't I hope you're not showing the house on RTE and I'm like, well, why would I be showing the house? <laughs> they were kind of they were a bit paranoid that they'd be on it for some reason, even though the cameras were never anywhere near them. Yeah. But uh yeah. And then people in Swinford, they were and they were good. They were very good to us. Yeah, there was like a few people who thought we made millions from it. Oh, you know, sure, I know that feeling. I did one episode of Father Dead. They think I'm a millionaire. <laughs> I know. And the worst thing is, you'd be queuing up in the post office for the dole, and they'd be like, "Oh, how's the TV stuff going?" And you'd be like, "Shut up, just fuck." You know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you wouldn't want to give the game away. But uh, generally, people in Swinford were they were they were very sound to us. You know, they were they were all like kind of welcoming of the show. All right, yeah, yes, no one's. But gone. now, but now, Joe, we did call it we did call it Castown because we didn't want to uh, 
paint Swinford in a bad way. Castletown was sort of a mixture of a couple of towns. We put the name together. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. And were the characters yeah. based on any people around? Like, you know, that or just um, general? Like... Like to say, we'd like to say they were based on the people, but to be honest, they were mostly based on a kind of wilder version of ourselves. We were, yeah. we were all kind of pretty much playing ourselves, but maybe the ignorant side of our own character we were playing, but we exaggerated the character to, you know, 110%. And then... yeah. On top of that, we were drinking at the time during filming and, you know, <laughs> yeah. sm- smoking joints. So then whatever character was coming out of that just came out. Yeah. So then uh, is it hard enough to start scripting? And it's a different fucking thing, isn't it? When you It ha- is. It is. Uh, it's like when we got into TV, because RT, obviously, they're giving you the budgets for everything. So they're saying to you, you know, yeah. we want you to, uh, you know, we want a script. We want to know what you're going to say before we put it on TV. Yeah. And we were like, no, no, the show is improvised. Like, we just make it up as we go along. So they didn't really want that. So yeah, we had to go along then and make up scripts, which kind of didn't really work for us. Because then when we got onto TV, we had to hit all these beats and hit the, you know, like those character arcs and those all these different things. And yeah. it kind of looked a bit like, we looked a bit like uh, sort of porn star acting in this. You know, it was kind of like very wooden <laughs> acting at the beginning. Right. Um, but then I think we found the groove then around series two or series three. And then we kind of had it hit a middle ground where we knew the characters have to be developed. But we also had a lot of improvisation on the day as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, kind of like so uh, Corby Enthusiasm does that, I think. Where there's a story yeah. arc, but you, you're allowed to improvise every scene. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. There was always room for like an, an extra couple of shots where we'd uh, improvise scenes. But... The problem is sometimes the kind of the not necessarily the best, the funniest scene was taken. It was more so the scripted. The most closest to the script was taken and put onto TV. So there was definitely funnier stuff that never made the TV. Is that because you weren't you were? Did you have say in the edit, or was there someone saying? Well, RT sort of they, they, that was like they had their own editors in there, kind of doing oh, their thing. Are you and, serious? You know, you're, naturally, right? Yeah, yeah. Because originally we like the Viper was editing everything. But yeah, uh, I guess I don't know. I don't know what happened, but he 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 was then like uh, put his. He was also directing and acting in it. But that's a. Or he brought in their old editors. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a shame, really. That because you need the editor to be on the same, you know, page. Page. Um, exactly, and not only that, but the editor, like being Chris Tordoff, who grew up in Swinford, he knows the, he knows the flavor of the town. You know, he knows the kind of the style of the town and the pacing and everything of that. So that I think. You know, and maybe that's just the way the TV world works, but we would have it would have been a better series if we had been able to keep control of the edit. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'd say, yeah, you definitely, without a doubt. Um, yeah. And so, when did you do the film? Then that was how, how many years later was the film made? Was it? The film, I think. I think we made four seasons and a Christmas special, and then we made. Mm. We kept getting promised we'd get this movie made, and and, and nothing ever came about. But then. We were told during the European Championships, uh, I think it was 2012, when yeah. Ireland were over in, is it um, Poznan in Poland? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We were told we're going to get to make a movie over there, so we didn't really believe it. But then, then the funding came in from the Irish Film Board and uh, the BOI, I think it's called, and RT, and then Universal. Yeah. So yeah. then we went, to, we went from Swinford all the way over to Poland on a camper van and uh, <laughs> just pretty much shot on the road as we went along and... Yeah. That was more like the original original days of kind of making uh, of, it up as we go along. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's on that Netflix. The... It's on Netflix, is it? Now or... That's on Netflix yeah, now, yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah. it is anyways, although I yeah. think I don't I haven't really had any any dealings with Netflix, but apparently they just like 
they, you know, you can offer them your show and then say yes or no, but they'll never give you ratings or anything like that. But they I think don't? the series, yeah, apparently they never give you ratings of anything. They just tell you at the end of the, the run whether they want to resign you or not. Oh. But, um, that's what I've been told anyways. But I think the, the TV series is still up there, but the movie, I don't know if the movie's still up there. I think that might be taken down now at this point. So how? Oh, so you had nothing to do with approaching Netflix or anything like that? Um, no, sorry. no, all that stuff was out of my hands, and it was kind of like the producer of the Hardy books or the higher up kind of guys. They were the ones that sort of dealt with all that kind of stuff with okay. meetings and all that kind of stuff at the beginning, you know. So it's the nature of the beast, right? Yeah. So then, I suppose with the success of all that, you you uh, started doing live gigs. That must have been a huge like change from. Uh, you know, uh, kind of improvising in front of a camera. Oh yeah, very very big change because for yeah. because w- when we got the footage back from some of the, the YouTube stuff, we're like, geez, this is very funny. We you know we were proud of the stuff that we'd made, so we thought that when we go on stage, it'll be exactly the same thing. Yeah. But then we'd go on we'd go on stage and we'd be like improvising, but you know. You know yourself, Joe, you only get one go on the stage before people, like, they'll either, you can't just tell them, can I do that joke again? Yeah. You know, you get, you get one go, so plenty of times we're on stage improvising, and some bits worked really well, some bits didn't work at all. It was probably too chaotic when we are up there, so we had to figure out that yeah. stage is a very different sort of format than uh, than the camera, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I kind of went through a bit, like, because I started off doing st- match it with Paul Tyler and just messing and stuff and you might be able to get away with it in uh, at student gigs or at the art college or where everyone's on board and on the same yeah you know everyone's in on the joke I suppose uh, but then when you start dealing with audiences who are like what the fuck is this shite you know <laughs> exactly people, people who are sitting down paid for the ticket and they're not they're not steamed off their heads we need you know you need to give them a good show but at the beginning so there were some shows uh, where they just want to come along and have the crack and they want to see us doing the quotes and all that stuff. And that's, you know, we can do that, no problem. But yeah. as you said yourself, Joe, sometimes you'll do a show somewhere in some spot where the crowd are sober and they're listening to every word you're saying, so you better be funny. But Yeah, they want well, to so it, feel that at least you made an effort. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly, Joe. But, you know, we'd be freaking. We'd be, like, so scared before the gigs. We'd be, like, backstage nervous as fuck going fuck what are we going to do lads what are we going to do really right, right right before the gig we'd be looking at each other going what are we going to do are so like that's serious? the level of fear we'd have we were kind of nervous sort of creatures you know <laughs> yeah but were you going on stage actually not knowing what you were going to do you were just going to go just, let's see what <laughs> happens much. are you serious well, oh yeah Joe. i mean like at the time we i don't know what we were thinking but we did a couple of gigs there in russian dove where googie he'd leave bottles of book past on the stage for us. He'd yeah. be like, yeah, drink them whenever you want. So we'd go up on stage and we'd come out and you'd be riding on the wave of the first sort of like, you know, you know, the entrance and everyone's like, yeah. hey, how's it going? Yeah. And we'd yeah. be doing a few Hardy Books quotes. The energy levels would be high. Yeah. And then we'd be taking a couple of mouthfuls of book fast and the crowd would be like, way. Yeah. And then after about 15 minutes, it's kind of like, so any other crack, no? And uh, you'd be looking around and the crowd would be kind of sort of seeing the seeing the fear come onto your face, you know? All right, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we never trained. We never trained to be stage actors. We never trained in stand-up comedy. We never no. trained in any of this stuff. So we didn't really know. We had to kind of cut our teeth yeah. in, in, this, in front of kind of fairly and, big crowds, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're already, you're known already. It's not like you're, you know, if you start off doing stand-up, you're, you're a nobody, so you can, you can fail a bit. 
exactly you can fail a bit and you can figure out what yeah. works what doesn't work yeah. if you get stuck how to get out of a hole but yeah we were doing gigs in front of people and we were like fuck it what do we do next you know yeah yeah but oh, that's, that's the road i suppose that's the road you got to go down what did you start off on uh joe did you start uh, on comedy or uh well i did a few sketches with paul tyler on uh on uh i think they were on nighthawks and stuff but i started doing uh then me and paul started doing sketches we actually would go around to bands and ask them could we open for them and they weren't like we do a bit of a song and do a few lines and stuff um and then eventually we though we found there was a comedy club didn't know there was any comedy clubs so we start i started off doing sketches and characters and then eventually i got on to doing stand-up but it was a very strange thing doing stand-up for me when i started out i wasn't used to speaking in my own voice yeah uh, yeah you had to figure that out yeah that took me a while i, I was like what the fuck why would people be listening to me talking about shite about <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't feel I have the uh, authority. <laughs> you know what? Who cares what I think about? It? Do you know what I mean? If I was a yeah, character, exactly, yeah, yeah. Cause, you know, if you're a character, you go well. That's you're not there. It's not you. You know. You can kind of put on a mask if you're a character. Yeah. But when you're yourself and you say something and it doesn't, it doesn't work well with the crowd. They're kind of looking at you like, who's this fucking idiot talking shit? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I find it hard for a while. I'd say... What, what, any secrets? Any secrets to get through that? Just keep ploughing away? I'd it? say just keep ploughing away, yeah, yeah. Doing, doing more, doing uh, more stage time. You learn more, I suppose, you know? And then yeah, eventually you get to the point, I think, where you're uh, so relaxed that you are... It's like you were back improvising. Is that how you feel now when you go on stage? You feel like you're just up there chatting to a crowd, or is are you just sort of getting through the lines? Ah, uh, no, I uh, no, no, I feel very relaxed now. But I'm fucking doing it years, like. But uh, yeah. But I'm not improv. I occasionally get to improvise a little bit. I do know what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, I found it easier to write. I used to find it very hard to write to do new material. Because I know right. it's not going to fucking work. You know what I mean? The, it's not going to work the first time you do no, it. No, not as good as you think it's going to work anyway. No, but you have to get up and do it and go, look, I I know I'm going to look like shit. I'm going to... Yeah. It's like as if I'm starting all over again, but you just got to do it. You do. And I think in that yeah. sense, I really do appreciate all the gigs I've done where I failed because it sort of gave me a good, it gave me a good knock to my ego to the point where it's like, fuck, maybe I'm not as, maybe like, maybe I do need to work harder on my jokes and maybe I do need to sort of rethink them and re kind of work what I'm saying. And yeah. And also, it's not the end of the day if you do die on stage. It's not really the end of the day. The people don't hate you. They just, no. they just want you to, you know, maybe do better. Yeah. And do, are you, a, do you feel like you're a character on stage? You're a... um, I did, I did at one point and then like people would come up to me and they'd be talking to me about jambons and crows and stuff like that, you know? And then I realized, I looked, I looked at my own life, Joe, and I was like, you know, I actually do eat a lot of jambons in real life, and I do like crows. So I thought to myself, maybe I'm not playing a character at all. Maybe this is the true version of who I am. I like jambons yeah. and I like crows. So I'm, kind of, I'm kind of just accepting it now and realizing that, trying to bring out the weirdness of my, my personality on stage, because I think that's where, the, I suppose that's where the gold is when you can be original. Yeah, you, well, you're original. I mean, you've got an original... I mean, you've got a. Uh, I don't want to say this, but I mean the way you. You've been the compliment. The way you were kind of. 
uh, the way you grew up and stuff has got something that uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about how you grew up. I don't know what I'm fucking saying. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, no, you know, but like you have an original angle. Everyone has their own original angle, but yeah. you need to find your own voice and it. I suppose you know uh, appreciate your own weirdness, and then when you do that, that could be the character or whatever you do. Yeah, well, it's an exaggeration of who you are. It's not exactly. It's yeah, yeah, definitely character. I suppose it's hard though. It's you know what I find hard, Joe. I find that because I'm in comedy. And before I was in, when I wasn't in comedy, I just like to make people laugh. But nowadays, when I'm in comedy, it's always like whenever I do make a joke or someone laughs or someone laughs something on the internet, mm. I'm always like. Hmm, is that a good idea for a sketch? Oh, and it's no. almost you, be, you become too anal- analytical or whatever. I fucking the word is. hate oh, that. I hate when it becomes a job. Like when you started yeah. out, it was just a bit of crack and it was really yeah. enjoyable. And then it becomes a job and it's. I mean, you can almost see the value of each joke, what, how much it's going to get you or how much you can make out of it because that's the way life is, you know, paying bills and every other shite. Yeah. So it's hard, yeah. But I mean, I think you kind of have to keep the uh, old attitude that it's you're just trying to make, you're just having a bit of crack. You're trying to make, you can't make it so fucking cynical that you're. Yeah, you can't. You can't treat it too much like a job. You have to realize that you are trying to take the edge off people's life by, you know, take, making it a bit easy for them on the day. You know. Yeah. Right. Life is fucking cruel. It's cruel, man. So you're living in <laughs> Balmullet. Like, uh, yeah. that's the farthest you can go from from the East Coast, anyway. I, I mean, Pretty I, much, yeah. I, the next town over is Boston or somewhere like that. Yeah, because I remember driving out there to do a gig with Patrick yeah. McDonald, and we got to Ballina, which seemed to take a long time. But we weren't oh, even yeah. near Belmont, <laughs> and it started getting <laughs> it started getting mistier. Uh, after Ballina, the mist kept lowering and lowering until we got to Balmullet. It was we couldn't see a thing; it was just mist. That's, that's where rain, yeah, rain, rain began in Mayo. It seems. <laughs> it's always it's bloody always raining. But yeah, Balmullet is a good old stretch, even from when you get into Mayo from from Roscommon or wherever. Yeah, uh, I think I, have... I moved. No, I moved, Joe, because I got sick. I got sick of the city. I was living in Dublin for like three or four years, and I got sick of chasing my tail. And you know, it was like you're you know you're doing jobs here and there, but kind of stressful enough paying all the bills and stuff like that so i, I didn't right. think i was being as creative as i could have been and i, I felt like i was getting a bit lazy because i was doing all my videos inside and in my bedroom i was doing the videos you know and stuff like that so right i decided i'd move out into the countryside and try to uh liberate my mind a bit ah cool and are you you're with uh your girlfriend is it she's uh, i am yeah um, we're holding hands as we speak are you serious no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. The coronavirus, you can't hold anyone's hand. <laughs> no, 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 you can't. No, no. But, uh, no, no, we, we, yeah, well, we moved. She's from Argentina. We moved to... Uh, oh, really? We moved to Bella Mullet, yeah. Yeah, she's a big fan of yourself, too. Is she? Jesus. She is, yeah, yeah. Holy Loves fuck. all the, the comedy stand-up. I think oh. she's seen you at the, uh, that place in Galway, the theatre, you know, the... Uh, there. The Black Box? Not the Black Box, no, it's the, uh, the hall, the... the Town Hall. Oh, the Town Hall. The time you were yes. on as well. I was MC. Yes, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you, you're... Uh, now, you're going to have to drive... Well, actually, no one's doing gigs now. You're probably in the right place, yeah. But if, when you are doing gigs, be fucking pain the hole, though. Would, would it not be... You have to drive from Belmullet and back again. Yeah, well, 
thing is, Galmullet is so remote that when you do go to some gig in Limerick or Galway or wherever, mm. it's kind of like a day out, a little holiday for yourself. So, right, yeah. uh, all my gigs are probably going to be cancelled, unfortunately. So I don't yeah, have anything yeah. for the next three months, it seems. But ah, same here, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give it a go, Joe. Anyways, for three or four months, it is. It is very remote where I'm living. Oh so no, it sounds great. Months. Sounds great. I mean, I've thought about it myself purely from a financial point of view because uh, I uh, I have a separated you know so I had to sell the house and blah 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 and then I thought okay. how the fuck am I going to afford a house ever again and I'm 50 something like <laughs> and I but thought you know what Joe these houses are so cheap in Mayo like they're cheap in Roscommon and, and uh, Sligo well maybe not Sligo but like you get a nice big house for 50 grand you could get a house in, in, in Mayo no no that's what I'm thinking 50 grand though 50 grand oh you would you get a house to move into for 50 grand in Mayo, you might get two bedrooms in it and you get all the furniture and stuff like that. You know, you wouldn't, there would be an awful lot, but yeah, yeah, no. And I like the countryside, the, you know. I, I, grew, yeah. I grew up on a farm, you know. I, I like all right. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Mayo. I was born in Galway when I was four. We moved to Mead. Uh, I was born near in Tume, actually. I was born in Tume, and uh, oh, very good. I uh, made there was a thing called the Land Commission where they moved farmers from the west uh, to the east. And so from four, I was in Mead, and then Kildare from 15 to 18 when I left home. But that's it. So, right. And for a while, uh, for a while there, uh, before I was separated, I had a lovely big garden, and I feckin' loved gardening. And I don't have a garden now, and I I just want to get back to. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing you probably come up with a good lot of ideas when you're out doing a bit of gardening. Yeah, absolutely. The best way to come up with ideas is to be doing something else. Do you know exactly, what I mean? yeah. Some, yeah, definitely. Whether Dri- taking a shower, having driving, having or... massaging your own body, whatever you're into, you know, <laughs> doing a bit of <laughs> doing a bit of DIY or something, you know, on your oh, yeah, on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say to you, so is it hard to find a place where you're living now with the garden and stuff? Uh, well, it's hard. I I'm paying rent now, and it's a thousand and something euro, a thousand and fifty. I'm living with my son. He's twenty one. Uh, oh, I got you. And uh, you got two rooms there. Two rooms, and uh, but to buy with a garden, yeah, I don't know if I can get afford it unless I move what? way down the country. Yeah. But in a way, are you not like if you're paying a grand? That's that's nearly a bloody mortgage. You know? It is a fucking mortgage, but it's still hard to get a mortgage. You know, the situation is you yeah. pay a grand a week and you go into the bank and go, I'm paying a grand a month. Sorry, not a week. And, uh, you know, I'm, obviously I can pay a mortgage. Yeah. But they're going, yeah, but your your job is you don't have a steady job. You, you don't know what you're doing <laughs> three months ahead. The fuckers, I mean, it's hard enough to keep in this career. You know yourself, like comedy. Yeah, yeah. But never mind having someone in a bank tell you, Jesus, you might not have any work in a few months' time. Yeah. I go, well, yeah, but I've been living like that for 20 years. I, somehow I have got work. Now, have to say, coronavirus, <laughs> that's actually <laughs> fucked my jobs. But that's everybody, yeah. surely. That's fucking everyone, right? That's, yeah, exactly. People are already out of work, you know. So, yeah, it's not just specific to one area, but... yeah. I tell you, Joe, I'm li- the house I'm living in has got four bedrooms and it's, it's only 500 quid a month. No way, shit. I'm I, moving. Yeah, it's two minutes from the beach. Come on down, Joe. There's a room there for you. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm moving. I'm moving uh, after this shit. Because uh, I don't want to f- have me savings. I might as well spend them and not 
have to spend them on rent. You know what I mean? Buy a house. Exactly. Yeah. And I suppose if you think if you think you can get, you know, if you have your own garden and then you're coming up with material because of that garden. Yeah. And then that material has been used to get you more work. Sure, it kind of pays for itself in a way, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. The only reason I stayed actually because uh, is my kids are in college and I thought I should have. But once. Once they're finished college, or maybe I should say, fucking, oh, you, oh yeah, oh, fuck them. Anyway, whatever. I'm ta- <laughs> thinking, <laughs> thinking out loud here. <laughs> How many kids do you Yeah, have? I'm having a breakdown here. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have two. Uh, I have a 19 year old uh, daughter. She's in, I started doing an art, and uh, my son is 21, and he's just finishing doing sound production. Uh, he'll have a oh, degree, wow. hopefully. By in May, very good. <laughs> and uh, well, hopefully, hopefully by May he gets finished. Yeah, he's hoping actually that they won't have that. They'll just do assignments and hand them in. They'll do them at home, and uh, mm-hmm. and they'll give them the the degree. Do you know what I mean? If yeah, the yeah, assignments yeah. are good, you know. Uh, yeah. Because do they, what do they what do they think about your your with your stint in Father Ted? Because you must get recognised all the time for that. They, uh, they never really say anything about it. Um, they've never. I, de- I don't know. I'd say my son definitely has watched Hardy books far more than Father Ted. All right. So he's a big fan, actually. So he oh, was very impressed. Well. He was very impressed that I'm, I'm uh, talking to you, actually. So. Oh, very good. That's tell him I said hello. I will. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, brilliant. Now, I, you, uh, do you mind me asking you about Father Ted? How was it like? How was it like to be in that? Well, it was it was good at the. I mean, it was a brilliant script. Brilliant script when I got yeah. it. I was really happy to have got a part, and it was fucking amazing playing it. It didn't. Ha- it was no effort. It was so well written. I knew. Was I it just, written for you? Uh well, that's a question. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I know other people auditioned, but I know that they really wanted me to audition for it. Like they personally right. said, "Joe, we want you to audition for this." So you know, they had yeah. me in mind, and say so they did that with a lot of the people, like uh, Father Stone. They knew uh, Michael Redmond was like that person. They knew yeah. Patrick McDonald was like Owen McLove. He's a similar yeah. person. They even I think knew Ardell was similar to Dougal you know he's yeah he's not that stupid obviously but he had that no, but so, so, some of the mannerisms might be the same yeah yeah and they fought yeah. hard to get him that job because he was he was unknown he was unknown then as well actually right okay so that's amazing so yeah so I suppose they, it's probably easier to write for somebody when you have an idea of who you're writing for so yeah I'm sure like it did seem with Father Ted that every character that was in it Character was wrote for that person's personality. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. You know? Yeah, and I think yeah, definitely. And they were, uh, and it's still it's very well written. It's so well written. I'm looking over at them now, actually, uh, recently, and going, "Fucking hell, they're brilliant!" You know. Oh yeah, yeah. every Christmas, like it's just, uh, it's just it's just built into the Irish culture now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And uh, I mean, I'm embarrassed in a way that I'm still living off the back of it. That's so, cool, but that's the thing, Joe. Isn't it funny? Because I'm trying to become. I'm trying to become a funny guy as well, like an, a new funny guy, a new character. I'm trying to do new stuff, but it's always like, yeah. I don't know, can I ever emulate the Hardy books? I'm trying my best, but I just can't seem to, personally, I feel like I can't seem to get back to that level of, you know, free kind of comedy where I was, oh, this is funny. I could feel it was funny. Yeah. Uh, even, yeah. even for some of my own lines, but nowadays it's kind of like, it feels more like a, a job to get the funniness out of me, Fuck. you know? Yeah. Whatever that is, I don't know. Yeah. 
Have you worked with other people that were not apart from the lads on the Hardy books? Have you ever written? Did you did you work with Dave McSavage at all? Or I did. Or, yeah, I did a yeah. few sketches with Dave McSavage. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's you know, one of the funniest fuckers I've ever met. Yeah, he's just a wild card. He's fucking. But uh, I've I've done a few bits with him, and I've done a few bits with different people over the years, sketches and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. I did recently did a couple of episodes with RT for. Uh, for a chat show, it's called Around the Fire with me on Colgan, and then hopefully that'll be good. Hopefully that's it oh, well okay. together now. Oh, really? So that's done. That'll come out. That'll come out now. Yeah, yeah. So oh. that'll be coming out now in the next few weeks. But actually, it was meant to be on the player show, but oh. now because of the coronavirus, they reckon that Orty are looking for whatever stuff they've filmed. Oh, yeah. They, they, even if it's for the player, they might put it onto the TV. So I might actually get on to go onto TV again uh, no, because of that. Upside to the coronavirus. Upside, yeah, we've got to start talking about the positives of this coronavirus. No, see, I, I, I recorded a live show in the Helix last uh, January, and uh, yeah. I've been, you know, trying to get it up. I had it in there with Virgin Media, I was waiting on them to get back, and then BBC Scotland. And I'm thinking, this coronavirus, surely they are looking for, for oh, yeah. uh, something to put out there, even if it's shit. <laughs> push them exactly even if it's shit people won't care they just want to see stuff happening <laughs> yeah because it's the perfect time to be shit so <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping I can sell it then alright so uh, oh, yeah. um, um, I'm not saying it's shit though Owen it is good I've not I've no doubt it's brilliant. Is it, is it, is it stand up for an hour, Joe? Is it? It's an hour stand up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was it was yeah. great. I, I, I see. I just financed it myself. I, I took the right. risk and uh, then thought, if it doesn't, if I can't sell it, I'll just put it up on a online free or yeah. you know, right. and just go. Well, that's me stand up. And if you want to come see me, kind of thing. But now I'm trying to sell it first. You know. Did you ever put onto Patreon or somewhere like that? So how does that work? It? So you you uh, is it like it's like a subscription site and you can upload unique material to this website called Patreon and then okay um people oh. can get you can give it to them for free or else if you want people you can say to people if you subscribe to me for two euro a month I'll give you the podcast or I'll give you the video before everybody else gets to see it or else you'll oh, get okay. first preference for my gigs you get the tickets before before everybody else can get them. Um, just okay. a deal you can give people and then they can support you as an artist through Patreon by giving you oh, 2 euro okay. or fucking right. 100 euro a month well I'll have a look at that then I'll have a look at that yeah do yeah it'll be right up your street I'd say because you sort of have your own kind of you can make your own pod- you do your podcast I do a podcast, podcast on and off yeah. like I, I take breaks from it when I come back to it again yeah yeah so maybe you can put up on there it's just that's what I think that's, that's what a lot of people seem to be doing now so you got first dibs so. maybe for a uh, what a week or two ahead. Anyway, look, I'll look into it. Yeah. Uh, this isn't yeah. a this isn't a chat about Patreon. Okay. Are you busy now? Do you want to head off? Uh, are you still? I have to head back to Belmarsh. Are you still at the pony? Are you standing near a pony? Pony's gone. Oh, no, the pony's okay. gone away now. Unfortunately, I was going to hop on top of him, but there was no saddle. Right. Ah, shit. Bareback. Uh, it's great. Um, <laughs> I'll. Uh, I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to. Go looking for him. He's gone down the road there. I think I see him down there at the river with my neighbour. Ah, brilliant. Well, listen, thanks for thanks for chatting, Noan. Uh, and, uh, no problem, Joe. Pleasure. Delighted to chat to you. I don't know when I'll see you again because we probably can't. Uh, people, uh, the festivals might be all gone and all this crack. But anyway. I know. But we we'll uh, touch each other ever again, Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but don't be surprised if I'm, if, if, I'm uh, if I buy a house in Belmullet. Anyway. <laughs> 
I'd lo- I'd, if we mean your neighbours, Joe, we could fucking take over the world. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe. Well, listen, thanks for the call. I anyway. much appreciate it. Oh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks a lot, Owen. See ya. No bother. Chat to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you go. Now, the next uh, one I'll put out, I think, will be uh, with uh, Alan O'Reilly, who's a girl who's starting out in comedy. And uh, she was actually going to do the the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and that has been cancelled. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on, because uh, that's in August. So, if that's cancelled, will the electric picnic we cancel like are we going that far ahead uh it's very possible i do know one thing you can imagine i don't know when it's going to end or when i suppose when they come up with a vaccine that's when you're clear that could be a year away though but whenever that happens and we're all vaccined and it's safe to go out if that ever happens which i'm sure it will you can imagine what kind of a party is going to happen what imagine the first festival you go to after all this it'll be insane it'll be amazing (laughs) absolutely just the idea of you imagine just shaking someone's hand that you've never met before just hugging someone just uh being able to do that being able to go up to a complete stranger and give them a hug and not be afraid that they're going to make you sick it's a very odd thing that uh that we uh have to stay away from each other I'm sure some people love it. Actually, it's 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 confusing in a way uh, because some people don't f- find all that physical um, um, touching and all that um, pleasant at all. But uh, but for for me, because I'm just saying here, like I'm sure if you've got your wife or your girlfriend with you or your boyfriend, and you can get hugs that way, uh, that's good. But uh, it's me and my son. We can give each other the odd hug, but not that kind of hug. You know what I'm talking about. So, um, uh, yeah, I'd say it'd be incredible. It's just the, just the pure physicality of of mixing with people without being scared. And in an environment like a festival will just be incredible. And I can't wait for something like that to happen. I can't wait. So, um, yeah, it'll happen. Uh, anyway, yeah, stay safe. The next one I said will be be uh, with Ellen O'Reilly, um, and I'll talk to you then. Okay, bye. Stay safe. I'm seeing something. It's smiling at me. But not a friendly smile. The worst smile I've ever seen in my life. Do you see it right now? Smile. Rated R. Only in theaters September 30th.